Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way, as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. Isaac Asimov once said the most exciting phrase in science is not Eureka, but that's funny. Listen, Isaac, you can have a bit of both. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. And you are, to be clear, a real doctor. Finally, you admit it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm admitting it because uh, we had um, an incident, really, where there was something in the news about black holes. And my boss is on Radio 5 Live, where I do the breakfast show. Uh, thanks for asking. LZ. Uh, massive LZ. They said, oh, we want to you know, get someone to talk about the black holes. And I said, Brooksy. Brooksy will do it. <laughs> and so they booked Brooksy. And then it really made me laugh <laughs> when Brooksy came on to, to BBC Radio 5 Live, uh, where, to be fair... I'd say 98% of the audience wouldn't know that we do a podcast together and our friends. Um, and I sort of introduced him, Dr. Michael Brooks, <laughs> said, but not a real doctor, no. <laughs> and, uh, which obviously very funny. And the, the listeners, and to be fair, my editors and producers went absolutely ballistic. Like, I've never <laughs> seen a text console go, people were so upset about it. Oh, quite rightly. So upset. <laughs> uh, to the point where they missed, like I said something much ruder to you afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And people didn't really pick up on that <laughs> because they were so angry about the uh, not real doctor thing. Uh, and and I had to, like 20 minutes later, I genuinely had to apologise or not. Well, yeah, no, I did. I had to apologise. Only after I'd and gone, it, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. And, and sort of explain and go, oh, no, we're actually really good friends and it's a sort of running joke. and uh, uh, yeah. um, Ill-advised uh, running joke. But the, yeah, but the damage was done <laughs> and, uh, but yeah it was, it was it was funny it was funny for us and uh it's funny for me now although for about half an hour it wasn't that funny because i was really getting quite a lot of abuse online <laughs> uh, anyway so as an esteemed scientist and real doctor what are your thoughts on ghosts oh ghosts well i mean i don't believe they exist yeah i mean i don't understand what they would be Mm-hmm. Uh, that's partly, I guess, because I don't think there's some like hidden spirit part of us, mm-hmm. a soul or, or some essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think ghosts exist. And I suspect that I might be in the minority on that, although maybe not in this room. No, no, I think you're, you're okay <laughs> in this room. <laughs> but I mean, I imagine that you probably know plenty of people who do believe in ghosts. Yeah, I, mean, so, I do. Yeah, yeah. So my 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 daughter for instance Millie, mm. she used to work in a care home, uh, right. nursing home and she would quite often say things about strange things that had happened in rooms and and there would be, you know, her colleagues would say something oh, you know, in this room there's such and such 
or like you know there was one uh, resident they had who went moved into a room where somebody had died and and claimed to have seen a bloke that matched the description of the guy who died in that room mm-hmm. and you know Millie would say she's never had any first-hand experience of it but she's open to the idea of it because so many people around her say that they've sort of seen things and noticed things and and you know, it doesn't matter how many times I say nonsense, it's absolute nonsense. But if you hear it uh, she, enough from she people, she keeps an open mind about it. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. maybe maybe I should, but I, d- I won't. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, my no, mind's no. firmly closed. Um, I, I know you. I'm very well aware of that. <laughs> um, you'll be slightly surprised to hear that I had a paranormal encounter when I was young. No, how young? I guess I would have been about nine. Right. Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what happened first, and then I'll give you the context, and then and then you'll be able and to... And then I'll be able to explain it. Yeah, explain it quite easily. So, my nan lived in a block of flats, and I'd got back from somewhere in the evening with my mum and nan in, I guess, in my mum's car, and I'd run up ahead, up the stairwell, and the lights weren't working, and when I got to the top, which is where my nan lived, and I got to her door, I saw, mm, saw? Felt, felt that I saw, whatever, <laughs> yeah. this horrible, grotesque, terrifying sort of screaming old lady ghost. Wow. Okay. And I immediately sort of bolted back down the stairs, shouting and shouting and crying. So on the face of it, you think, maybe, uh, maybe I believe in ghosts. However... The context is not that much before then. I had seen uh, gone with my older cousins to watch Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> right. in in the cinema, and the ghost that I think I saw is exactly the same ghost as in the oh, library at the very start, which is a huge coincidence. So I, so I guess you've got a couple of options there. One, that ghost just happened to. Be- <laughs> Yeah. also be in Enfield <laughs> as well as in a library in New York uh, in a film or it was just my overactive imagination and you'd run up the, the stairs so maybe a little bit out of breath a little bit I think a little, kind of I, I think a bit of that but also I genuinely think that when I was that age I was quite sort of you just want exciting stuff to, to happen yeah, like, yeah, and, I, yeah, and I, yeah. I think I had quite an overactive imagination yeah. I think I probably wanted to sort of see a ghost or, or, or something yeah. like that's happened so i had something to right. talk about and sort of you know shout about and did it um, turn out to be the caretaker uh <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but i think that uh so i wonder if i actually in, entirely manufactured it like because i can't re- i can sort of remember the feeling but i can't remember what it oh, so it's like a almost like, like a false memory yeah. like, where you just sort of told this story y- yeah. to the point where you don't know whether it really y- actually happened or whether you made it up at the time yeah. yeah yeah um and i don't and i and i honestly don't know what I think I do know is I didn't see a ghost. <laughs> but that was definitely yeah. the, the, the line I was pushing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it does It does make life more interesting, doesn't it? And it, yeah. it does sort of give people a sort of different dimension, as it were, to you know their existence, to, to oh, imagine totally. these things exist. So totally. you wanted to be special, didn't you? I did desperately, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I luckily think... it turned out okay. <laughs> um, but so so it's this, it's this kind of stuff, it's this paranormal business that i think it's so widespread like you you just people talk about it a lot loads of people believe in it and yet you know with my sort of science head on i'm just like well obviously it doesn't yeah. i mean it not, seems like ridiculous not, doesn't it's it ridiculous it's not real yeah right? and you kind of think well does everyone sort of know that 
and they're just playing along and it's a bit of fun? Well, I, I or think do it... they actually believe it? So, anyway, it inspired me for this week's question. Turn the lights on. Stand in front of the mirror and repeat after me. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. With those words, many of us have our first experience with a ghost. Or not. We all know someone who is convinced that ghosts exist. Old, troubled souls lingering in the corners of pubs. Poltergeists running through households wreaking havoc. Or old sailors roaming the sea on terrifying haunted ships. They make their way into timeless stories that we hear again and again. And if you believe the dead can return to contact or haunt the living... You are not alone. It's an inevitable part of human life to be curious about what comes next, and ghosts have become a recurring theme when we think about the possibility of life after death. The ancient cultures of Egypt, Greece, Rome, China, India and the Celts all feature ghosts and spirits. But is there actually any proof that they exist? And if there isn't, how can we explain those spine-tingling experiences? That's why this week we're asking... The age of science, why do people still believe in ghosts? <laughs> what is, is that? Oh, that's amazing. I've just read the. Um, yeah. That's Michael doing um, just, a, just a note from Katie, our producer, saying scary, scary noise. Do some evil laughs and screams to go on. Uh, I, I can't scream like that, can I? Of course you can. Go on. <laughs> and, and now do an evil laugh. <laughs> more, more, more evil, please. More evil. Ooh. More evil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> and, and could you do? Um, you've just been molested by a ghost. Uh, so scream appropriately by, by Satan himself. You, you've been molested by Satan. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Satan's a big boy. Oh. I mean, this, <laughs> this is... You're enjoying this? Is, 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 is this doing yeah, it mean, you after I, I, admitting that I'm a real doctor? Yeah. Finally, yeah, you're getting your own back yeah. now. <laughs> well, there we go. That's Lovely. Dr. Michael Brooks. Uh, Available for auditions. Quantum physics. <laughs> so as ever, we've recruited an expert to help us answer today's question. We're going to be speaking with Professor Chris French, Excellent. who's a professor of psychology at Goldsmiths University of London. His next book is going to be called The Science of Weird Shit. And that focuses, <laughs> which is a great title, yeah, yeah. Uh, focuses on anomalistic psychology, which is essentially the science of weird experiences and beliefs. Um, and I genuinely was excited to speak to Professor Chris because his work is just, it's all about trying to explain extraordinary phenomena but in like with a scientific approach like goes in with an open mind yeah he's not trying to debunk stuff really he's just trying to explain what is going on yeah because in most cases something is going on it's just probably not a ghost <laughs> perfect spoiler <laughs> <laughs> so we started off things quite simply with chris just by saying to him what is a ghost what a ghost is, basically, um, I think the most standard definition would be the idea that when people die, some aspect of them, call it their soul or their spirit or whatever you want to call it, actually may remain on the earthly plane and still interact with the living. 
So some people would make distinctions between different types of ghosts. In particular, lots of paranormalists would make a distinction between those that can actually interact with the living as opposed to another type, which is more or less just like a kind of video replay of some event, but without actually any interaction. And I suppose also we should point out that some ghosts are referred to as poltergeists. These are the ones that cause lots and lots of destruction, be it kind of throwing objects around, uh, starting fires, interfering with electrical equipment and so on and so forth. I think you get a little bit too kind of uh, bogged down with these different distinctions. Basically, ghosts are the spirits of dead people. Yeah, the spirits of dead people somehow still interacting with the living world. Especially if they're poltergeists. Yeah, so poltergeists are the cheeky ones. <laughs> Little bastards. But I, I like to imagine that if I'm coming back, I'm coming back as a poltergeist. Yeah, I mean... I, I think I, I'd be quite a good yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, I mean... But you'd, be, I you'd think, just be a bog standard No, ghost. I think everyone wants to come back as a poltergeist, don't they? You just yeah, no, mess, I, I, mean, I agree. I'm just saying I would, and I don't think yeah, you would. I think I would. I would. But, I mean, coming, you, oh, no. God, what what do you think I'm coming back as? You're a square. Oh, do me a favour. Really? Are, I'd be on. far more inventive as a poltergeist than you would. No, no. I don't think you've got a... You haven't got the naughty streak. You didn't get in trouble at school, did you? No, I didn't. There you go. No, no you're right. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe you're I won't. You're just a bog standard. I'm, just, I, I'm like not white, even going to bother a, coming back, You're to a be white sheet job. <laughs> Boring old white sheet job. I'll tell you who will be back as a poltergeist. Go on. Shane Warne. Yes. And you'd be... Pl- you'd be... So delighted. I mean, he'd, he'd come up with some great shit, wouldn't he? To be haunted by Shane Warne. Yeah. What an honour that would be. Quite a good film in that as well, potentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, um, yeah, we let's not talk about that anymore. Let's no, no just make some yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other, I'm now trying to think of other people. Interesting question. What would the, or is the Duke of Edinburgh coming back as? Yeah. Assuming he's coming back. Scary. I mean, he was pretty yeah. scary when he was alive, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I don't think... I mean, honestly, in the last few, with obviously huge respect, the last few sort of months, years of his life, that guy looked like the living dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he, looked, he actually looked worse than a you corpse. Know, you know how you get some of those ghosts in the stories are like high women driving along, like you know, like a horse and carriage and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I bet yeah. That he would come back as a, just a guy who appears on the A27 in a Range Rover, just like in the dead of night, he's just driving down a yeah. ghost Range Careering Rover. Careering into innocent Career- ladies? Yeah, 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 yeah maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. But unfortunately, we never hear about, you know, the recently deceased coming back as ghosts, do we? Nobody ever says, oh, yeah, that guy who died last year, he's now haunting my flat. Really? Well, I mean, I suppose Millie's like, yeah, care yeah, saying yeah, it I might think be that, Yeah, Millie is saying that is what's happening. But you think there'd be a, a bit more of that, wouldn't you, of like celebs coming back? The interesting thing is that sort of in the past, all of the famous ghosts were already famous people. When they were, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. Yeah. Which is odd because it sort of suggests there was loads of other ghosts knocking around as well, but no one cared because they weren't celebs. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even talked about them. Well, they didn't yeah. have PR, did they? So I guess that was, you know. Yeah, cause I guess that's the ideal thing if you're a celeb and you die at the same time as your publicist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you carry on the, carry like on the great you. work <laughs> in the spectral plane. <laughs> but it's genuinely interesting when you look at ghosts sort of through the ages because all cultures throughout time pretty much have had some sort of ghosts or spiritual component to their lives or they've definitely thought that they had and you could look at that i suppose as a suggestion that there's something in it 
That's not how I would look at it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm looking at you blank they're, thinking, they're, they're really? Very, yeah. It's very consistent. Yeah. Although what is not consistent is what those ghosts are like. So what ghosts appear to be is more like a sort of reflection of the society that is talking about them, oh. which is what you'd expect, yeah. probably. Um, contemporary ghosts are quite, basically quite sort of credible, sort of quite believable. Right. Um, in, what, whereas, in what sense? Well, so back in the day, ghosts would be like sort of, like they have like hideous, like bleeding hands, like luminous skulls Oh, and right, stuff. yeah. Or um, be carrying and, their and heads the, like yeah, by the like side of their... Yeah, really sort of, like terrifying and, and not, what well, sort of human-ish. yeah. Whereas modern ghosts are a bit more like they are just sort of like people. <laughs> it's like people <laughs> hanging around. And you've seen lots of these kind of changes and they seem to reflect, yeah, what's going on in, in the society at any given time. Like, for example, ghosts in the 14th and 15th century were thought to be occupying purgatory. Yeah. And then in the Reformation, uh, purgatory, which is quite funny, it just sort of got abolished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people were like, oh, they obviously can't be there anymore. But it sort of stuck around as an idea. And then in, in the Enlightenment... Ghosts went slightly out of fashion because people were sort of, you know, really embracing science more. Yeah. Although the kind of romantic poets, I think, were around a similar time and they kind of kept going with it. But yeah, fun- fundamentally, ghosts are a sort of reflection of what's going on at any given time in any given society or culture. So they're quite fluid. Right. Um, and, it, and if you sort of took a time slice and then looked at different parts of the world, the ghosts are going to share characteristics, but are going to be spoken about quite differently and their appearance is going to be quite different. So it, it's not it's not hugely supportive of the idea of uh, uh, ghosts being... Of you being like stripped of all your like life stuff and basically, you know, reduced just, just to your spirit essence. Not, you seem to retain an awful lot of basically what you had when you were alive. Yes. In, in the reports. Yeah. Like, including clothing, obviously. Because, yeah. you know, ghosts are always wearing the clothing from when they died, effectively, aren't or, they? Or, well, yeah, except, or, I guess, except... Except the, the white sheet, maybe. Yeah, but I think the, the white sheet actually doesn't really appear. The white sheet is how people try and dress up as a ghost. But I don't <laughs> right. think you get oh. people seeing ghosts that look like... I've been looking for entirely the wrong one. thing. Maybe they do exist. Maybe you're looking in the wrong place yeah, the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of like Casper vibe, I don't think is is, 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 is much around. But but the fact is that people believe in them, yeah, and, and that's the sort of fascinating part of it. What you'll find um, is people aren't willing to say they don't believe in ghosts. Well, no, it's, 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 it's like you know, it's sort like, of hedging their bets yeah, a bit. I'm not going to say it out loud. Yeah, I was sort of. I think I was aware that lots of people would believe in ghosts, but I was surprised by the actual numbers. So have a guess in America. The percentage of people that believe in in ghosts. Well, um, maybe like one in five, twenty percent. No, so it, it's more like sort of between forty and forty-five percent. Oh, okay. So near, nearly nearly half, half. Nearly half of people in America believe in ghosts. Significant number of them think they've actually seen a ghost. In the UK, there was a YouGov study that said it was even higher. It's like fifty-two percent of wow. of people. Well, I guess here we've got more history, haven't we? So, so we've got ghosts going there's all more, the way back to yeah, you know sort of like see. medieval times and mm. and before. Whereas the Americans have only got two hundred years of ghosts. Native Americans would have ghosts. Yeah, that's true, and they and so they would have very strong vibes about you know mm. spirits and everything else. But um, but the you know the ones descended from the settlers, I'm saying they, they don't have a lot. Yeah, maybe, maybe unless the ghosts came over on the ships with them. Well, they would have done, wouldn't they? I would have thought so. 
Yeah. And all the people who died well, on the voyage... you're not haunting someone very well if you just sort of go, oh, I can't be bothered to go on the <laughs> Oh, really? You're going over? Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> but also something that, again, I was like, that can't be right, but apparently is, is that the level of belief in the UK, at least, has risen. So from what? The, so in the 1950s, only about 10% of people in the UK believed in ghosts. And now we're at maybe... 50% of people. What the fuck? I know, I know, I know. That's not possible. Why? I know. I mean, we talked about, you know, the question is in an age of science. I mean, if there wasn't an age of science between 1950 and now, what has gone wrong? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Really weird. But yeah, so ultimately, the your idea of what a ghost is will massively vary depending on when you're living and where you're living. So there's not really any consistency. There's, and there's fact a lot of variation from country to country and, and, and era to era, which doesn't particularly tally with the idea of ghosts being an actual thing because you think that they would stick with a... Maybe not, actually. You, you, could, you could make an argument that, that, yeah, ghosts would also move with the yeah, time. Yeah, why, why wouldn't they move with the time? Yeah. They're not sticking in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what happened between 1950 and now? Special effects in cinema. Very true. And actually, in the UK... There's such a huge interest in sort of paranormal, like haunted houses, yeah, yeah, haunted house tours, uh, TV shows with that kind of stuff. It's on, an entertainment like, industry. It, it is it? really, yeah. And there is definitely a thing where if you're told about this stuff early on in life, you are more likely to then go on and believe it, which yeah. makes makes sense. So, I mean, it's not just that these these guys are haunting us and like hanging around in the corner of rooms and stuff, is it? It's like there's actual stories of people being sort of taken over, inhabited, possessed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of lots of stories about that. And Chris has some quite interesting ideas about what made people in the past, and to be fair now, believe that they were being possessed or that someone else was being possessed. There are certain kinds of what we would now view as being psychiatric and neurological conditions that would have lent themselves quite naturally to a belief in possession and demons in a society where these ideas were already around anyway. So the, the kind of obvious examples that spring to mind would be things like uh, Tourette's. For a minority of Tourette's sufferers, they may kind of come out with a lot of swearing and, you know, a lot of utterances that are socially unacceptable, but they have no control over it. And it would appear to others that something else has taken over those people. Another example would be epilepsy, certain kinds of epileptic attack where people do actually lose all kind of control over their behaviour. Certain forms of schizophrenia, certain manifestations of schizophrenia as well. There's a whole range of different disorders. Now, we would now look at those much more in terms of the, the kind of neuropsychology of what's happening. But back in the day, when they, they didn't have that kind of knowledge, it would have been quite natural to interpret them in terms of uh, some kind of possession by an outside entity. Absolutely makes sense, I think, if you don't have any other available explanations for what what are actually neuropsychiatric disorders that yeah. you're looking at. So whether it's you know sort of psychoses or epilepsy or or, or, or Tourette's, then or, or, or you know kind of dissociative states as kind of yeah. you know, schizophrenia and stuff. Like it does fit. Like you can absolutely understand. Like someone is just behaving in a really erratic or unusual way. So you kind of think well, they must be a bit getting controlled by something. Yeah, yeah. And when you don't have anything else 
that can explain it away, then then yeah, I mean it's very likely that witches, quote unquote, <laughs> would have just had sort of visible mental disturbances. That's probably what was what was going on. I mean, there probably would have been quite a few that literally nothing was going on. Yeah, they were yeah. just getting blamed for stuff yeah. and and, ne- yeah. and drowned. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of it's alarming and unpleasant and unsettling to think about, but it's also very understandable. I think. Yeah. That in in the past you would look at but not features now. Not now. It's really not okay now. <laughs> People are not getting possessed by demons. They need help. It's what they need. <laughs> just, just just to be very clear yeah. on that. Okay, we'll be right back after this quick break to discuss haunted houses, what types of people are more prone to believing in ghosts, and of course, Professor Chris French will be answering this week's question, in the age of science, why do people still believe in ghosts? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. So we've established that it is, um, I was about to say unlikely, <laughs> Say it is not possible uh, for people to be possessed by the devil. But another very you know, common trope um, in, in, in a ghost story, and also outside of ghost stories generally, is a haunted house or a haunted place. Uh, and so I wanted to ask Chris about that next. In the real world, you do occasionally get hoaxes. There are a few very well-documented examples of that. But most of the time when people think that their house is haunted, they genuinely do believe it. And very often it's some kind of initial trigger. Something, Something's happened that's a bit weird that they can't explain that's led to the suspicion that maybe their house is haunted. And then from then on, even very mundane things are taken as evidence of the ghost. So strange knockings in the background, for example. You might not know what the cause was. And doors opening behind you. Uh, So, you know, it might be kind of objects that appear to move overnight when nobody's been in that room and so on. Now, 
there may well be explanations. Just because you can't think of them doesn't mean that there aren't. But once you've got that idea, then even mundane things, you can't find your keys in the morning. Oh, it's because the ghosts moved them and so on. You know, and now it isn't. When I do talks on this stuff, I play a little clip from a news story from a, from a couple of years back. There was a chap who had a little workshop in his garden where he would tinker about and, uh, you know, left, used very messy, leave all his equipment and bits and bobs out. And then when he, he'd lock up at night, when he went back in the morning, everything had been put back in his, in his toolbox. And he couldn't figure this out. And so with a neighbour, they set up a video camera and they recorded what was going on. And basically, it was a little mouse. <laughs> was appearing and I just like a bit like Cinderella you know, the, the Walt Disney movie it was kind of putting everything back in his box for him and now you know you would never have thought of that as an explanation in a million years but that's what was happening and I can show you the film clip that'll prove it as I say once you've got that notion that your house is haunted then other even very mundane things are likely to be interpreted within that framework no 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 not having that are you it's a tidy mouse is it Right. So, so you're well, saying like, it's I'd not like a ghost. It's not a ghost. It's a mouse that likes to put things back where they came from. You can imagine this mouse with a fucking chisel in its hands. It's just like no. I don't but think that's not, an explanation. No, I, I assume it's carrying stuff with its mouth, Michael. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's. <laughs> but that is the thing. When you're looking for an explanation for something there's always going to be stuff that you're not going to come up with. And one of them is, I'm just, I, I share a house with a very tidy mouse. Um, and so you see how you'd arrive at ghost. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But I you mean, you don't believe in the tidy mouse. I, I'm not buying this tidy mouse at all. I, I think it, it, it starts to make me wonder what else mice are doing. <laughs> like, I think I've underestimated mice. For starters. <laughs> But, you know, there, there's going to be things so, uh, oh, a creepy flickering light. That probably is a mouse gnawing at my cat. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, or even, now now we've got the, the tool carrying mouse, <laughs> even like my keys moving, that could be a mouse. I suppose, I suppose. that could be, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's doing with my keys. You should never but... have bought that cheese key ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's... there's a really interesting feature, I think, of our brains, and it is an evolutionary thing, which is that we look for causal, intentional kind of relationships. We basically are constantly searching for patterns. Okay, that, that's yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. We've got all of this data coming in, and then our sensory s- systems are, are trying to decode and understand what's happening. And almost as like a safety mechanism, we're spotting patterns in everything so yeah so we have to see the cause for that effect sort of thing yeah because you'd in a way you'd rather see a pattern that isn't there than miss a pattern that was in terms of safety so Uh, so so, so the example would be you're you're walking along in in a forest and you hear you know the cracking of a of a twig and you think someone's going to come and kill you yeah now you could just think oh no that's that's probably nothing and just like yeah and carry on that's one option. Or you could think, oh my God, there's someone behind me, they're going, they're going to attack me, and, and you and you sort of run off or you, or you quicken your pace or whatever. And from an evolutionary point of view, it is better to do the latter. It's better to be safe than sorry, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, I mean, going back to the haunting, haunted house thing, a friend of mine, a colleague at New Scientist, she, uh, did, for an article, she went to spend a night at a like, famous haunted castle in, right, in right, the right. Like, most haunted room. 
and and she was like you know totally fine with it it was like doesn't believe in ghosts not mm-hmm. a problem at all um but when it came down to it she could not be in that room on her own because her brain was just you know, she couldn't override the sense of fear and and worry that maybe she was wrong effectively yeah. and maybe there would there would be something so she found her boyfriend and got him to come stay with her yeah. <laughs> that's quite good <laughs> but i think that you know you you can absolutely be be primed for this yeah, i mean yeah. that's what magicians and conjurers use yeah. suggestion works so if you say to someone and you know when when people like chris french actually do experiments if you tell people that they are maybe about to experience something a bit spooky, they are more likely to experience something a bit spooky. Yeah. And it's that easy. It's, it's not like right. a, a complicated thing. I mean, obviously, you know, magicians are very skilled at using it in quite sort of nuanced and subtle ways that you wouldn't notice. But you can do it in quite an obvious way and it will work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you literally tell somebody that this house is haunted and you can scoff at it. But, you know, I still, I still would think twice about spending the night there because I just think that would be a horrible experience because I might get really scared and then what do I do kind of thing. Yeah, you wouldn't... Exactly. Like I absolutely know that a haunted house isn't haunted. Would I want to spend the night on my own there in in the dark? Absolutely not. (laughs) It'd freak me out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the sort of... The, the thing that our brains do to us, isn't mm. it? Is like we and we can't actually override it. Not really. The other thing is that we often, because of this kind of protective um, interpretation of of things, so seeing patterns where maybe they aren't seeing false positives mm. as a preference to missing a, a, a genuine problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does mean that we regularly perceive meaning in random input, and that kind of gives rise to. To everything, not just sort of belief in, in in ghosts, but like belief in God, right? Belief in all of that stuff because you're just looking for looking to associate meaning with things and agency with things that you can't explain. And we we massively prefer the idea of a kind of top down control by an intentional agent, yeah, which is effectively God and religion or so, or something like that over what it really is, which is sort of bottom-up causal randomness. This shit happened. Like that, yeah, exactly. Just stuff that, yeah, well, it's just happened because it just it just has. But there's no, that there's, that, yeah, nothing has any agency there. There's no design to it. But we really, we struggle with the idea of stuff not having purpose yeah, or, or yeah. direction. Like, it just doesn't really doesn't really fit into the way we want to we want to view the world we do view the world and from an evolutionary point of view we view the world that's why we get so freaked out by coincidences as well isn't it it's yeah. like stuff happens and you think oh you know is, is that, there a meaning to that Do, yeah, that, yeah. That, that must mean something yeah well no it, it doesn't it, it yeah. doesn't but it's such a hard thing not to yeah you know confirmation bias like you know about confirmation bias but you'll still feel confirmation bias yeah you still yeah. get freaked out by stuff by coincidence, yeah, um, and and it's just inevitable, and, and it's all related. I think it's all related. So, you know, when when you hear something a bit weird or, or something a bit weird has happened, we struggle to just accept that it's just one of these things that oh, it happens that we can't explain it very neatly. But it doesn't mean that there isn't an explanation. Yeah, there is an yeah. explanation. We can't quite come up with it. That's fine. Instead, we're like, aha. <laughs> that'll be the poltergeist that, I'll tell you who that is that's bloody Shane Warne again <laughs> and actually also to be fair quite a lot of the things that people will experience um, say in like a haunted house 
which seem spooky or, or paranormal, they're quite easy to explain. And, and they're, they're, they're not complicated and they're quite prosaic. So things like people getting chills, yeah, which is massively associated with 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 sort of the presence of a of, of a of a ghost yeah, or a yeah. spirit or whatever. It just is through sort of folklore, really. Yeah, and and effectively, all that is is when you get a bit scared, you get a load of adrenaline flooding through your system, and that pushes blood away from your skin and into your muscles, ready for a bit of fight or flight. Right, so you, and, you and, feel and, cold, and, and, and it just makes you feel cold. But then as soon as you feel cold. Then you're like, oh, that's why do that, I feel that, cold? Yeah, and then, like, and, then it, and then it's a, it's it's a shame cycle. Worn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shame warm, freaking me out. <laughs> and actually, yeah, it's just pretty sort of straightforward body reaction. Yeah, we really are taking the magic out of the world, aren't we? Yeah, well, <laughs> slightly, slightly, but it's it's absolutely baked into us. That's why you see ghosts in in every culture and throughout time. Does it need any? Is there any sort of physiological explanations for hallucinations and things like that? Like, actually, I swear I saw something. The most common example of that is is sleep paralysis. So this is where people and and loads of people suffer. It's like yeah, between yeah, thirty yeah, and forty percent yeah, of people yeah. will, will suffer from this at some point. And so it's effectively you wake up during REM sleep, which is your dream state. And so you're you're awake, but you're also dreaming. And your your body's paralysed, and people. I think it's it's something like eight percent of people who have sleep paralysis will then hallucinate as part of that. The classic is something sort of pressing down on you, and this yeah. is interesting culturally. So in in Canada they call it the old hag. Somewhere else they call it like the night hag. In Hong Kong I think they call it. Um, it's, it means sort of ghost oppression. In Thailand, it literally means covered by ghost. Um, so it's all like a thing pressing, yeah. pressing down on you, and that is, yeah, that is a, a hallucination within sleep, and you cannot totally understand how that would be interpreted as, as yeah, a ghost. Yeah. Like it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because and if you a, get up in the morning and tell your family that's what just happened to you, then they're, they're going to be like that. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, right, that, right. That, that'll be the ghost. Yeah, that'll be the ghost. <laughs> So, so yeah, there's that. And then there's some really interesting stuff about our sort of, which I, I'm, I'm obsessed by anyway, but our kind of relationship between mind and body. So how, how we sort of perceive the ownership of our, with our mind, the ownership of our body and how easy it is to slightly trick that. So there's the classic thing with like the rubber hand. Yeah. So you, you put... One hand on 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 the table, and then you have one hand. Is it behind your back? Something like that. And then you put a towel over, and then you have a rubber hand in in front of you. And then uh, an experimenter will stroke your your actual hand in exactly the same way as he's stroking. Oh yeah, the, and you the, see the, them the, stroking the, the, the rubber. You hand. see them stroking yeah. the rubber hand, and quite quickly you start to perceive the rubber hand as being your hand. You feel it. You can feel. Yeah. That stroking, and then the guy and smashes it with a hammer. Yeah, 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 and you and, and you immediately like you you, you, you went to you're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're terrified, but you I mean obviously logically you know well that's just a rubber hand that's not my hand, but it it shows how fragile in a sense that relationship between your actual body and and, and your mind is, and how easy it is to yeah. to fool it. And some people will have certain sort of you know little like lesions in the, in their brain or whatever that affect body perception, and so. That they think can also give rise to the feeling of sort of a presence. Like if your if your body perception is a bit all over the place, so feeling something as not being 
your body but someone else's or, or, or vice versa yeah um, which is not quite a hallucination but it's a, a bit more of a like a presence thing yeah, yeah. feeling that something else is, is is there and how easy it is to fool the mind yeah so we're, we're basically very gullible so yeah we are pretty gullible but are there a group of people that are particularly gullible do you think idiots uh, well, well. I mean, I would say no. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's it, it, it's idiots. I think there's like a there's all sorts of people who who might believe in in ghosts and do believe. Yeah, in ghosts. no, it's true. I mean, Hilary Mantel, the novelist, she's a massive believer in ghosts and the occult and all that stuff. Did she did she write a, a book about ghosts? Yes, I've read it. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, I asked Chris to explain the kind of people who, who would believe in ghosts. If you were brought up in a household where everybody in your family, including your parents, believed in ghosts and took those kind of beliefs very seriously, you're very likely to believe it yourself because most of us believe what we believe because of those around us, what we're told, even if we don't have any direct experience of that thing. And that could apply to kind of to pretty much anybody. But also there are kind of people who have personal experiences that they think is you know take as being evidence for ghosts and again there's a whole range involved even in that it certainly seems to be the case that with respect to belief in the paranormal in general including kind of belief in ghosts and reports of ghosts there is a tendency but it is only a tendency for those people to often score higher on measures of things like fantasy proneness tendency to kind of dissociate have un- un- unusual experiences like maybe out-of-body experiences or missing time experiences these are all things that occur throughout the population to different degrees um, and i am very much talking in terms of group differences here you can have a completely down to earth person who is convinced that they have had a ghostly encounter equally you can have somebody who has an amazing imagination who doesn't believe in ghosts and never had any kind of encounter like that but if we're talking about group differences the profiles do tend to be different and the ones who are more likely to have those experiences are the ones who score highly on those kind of variables like as I say, fantasy proneness, absorption, the kind of person who gets really, really engrossed in some work of fiction and so on. Often very, very creative individuals. And it comes in as part of a an overall kind of worldview, more of a kind of new agey type worldview, typically, um, and maybe a rejection of kind of science and uh, and so on. So yeah, that all kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more creative, less interesting. Well, like Hilary in Mantel. There. Yeah. yeah. Or Millie? Oh, mm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, creative, sort of open-minded, less interested in the sort of confines of science. Yeah, like it does, doesn't you know, need the world to be defined by a scientific no. worldview. I mm. think, you know, mm. and that's you know, obviously fair enough, you know, and that's very different from you and I. Yes. Um, and, you know, we just have to kind of accept that the, People, other people have different ways of viewing the world. Yeah, I'm mean, uh, wrong, but you know. But also, not really. Like, is it doing anyone and any harm? No, I think their world's probably more interesting than ours. And isn't it? like, in, in terms of dealing with grief, like grief hallucination is a real, yeah, is, is a real yeah. thing, and and seems to have real benefits for people. So, grief hallucinations are basically people seeing, you know, loved ones that have recently died. Yes, yeah. kind of. You could look at that as a as a ghosts it's not 
really what's going on, but it f- appears to be a coping mechanism. Yeah. And you wouldn't wish that away from anyone if it's Well, no, helping. and it's interesting, isn't it? Because like you say, every culture has them, you know, geographically yeah. it goes to everywhere. Mm. And they are, in a sense, like you say, part of the coping mechanism for life. Yeah. Which ends and yeah. and you know loved ones disappear from our lives and and this is maybe a way of us coping with that with you know that sort of worked for you know the human brain has allowed that to kind of yeah work for us yeah but there's another thing actually that is a, a sort of indicator of whether someone is likely to believe in the paranormal and that's how much they anthropomorphize things and oh, I feel yeah. like I mean I sort of think we all anthropomorphize to to some extent you know sort of impose human qualities onto inanimate well not necessarily animate animate and inanimate objects um and we're really like i'm really struggling to think of an example in in my life of anthropomorphizing something like your, your dog, dog um, yeah, yeah you are dogs you, count yeah of course they do i'm not sure i anthropomorphize nah, yeah you maybe, do you do, you do. I, i'd probably try not to but yeah. you might try not to but i okay. guarantee that you do yeah you're going to be at the lower level yeah but I mean, I mean, I'm not seeing my cricket bat as a kind of, you know, some kind of human entity. No, but, 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 what about that little, uh, is he called Penty Heikkinen, if I remember that right? The oh, guy, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the mad old guy who sort of made that robot. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know. That everyone it, loved, that new scientist event. Yeah, we were right, at. Yeah. right. So, and when he hit that robot and that robot recoiled. yeah. You, you, you genuinely, you genuinely were like, stop you, it, you, yeah, like, stop, stop it, because you, yeah. you felt for yeah, yeah. the thing, yeah, it's and true. that was just a thing. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, I absolutely fell in, fell, fell at that hurdle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, sort of the yeah, the, the the point of it, and he's trying to convince you that actually that is like a almost like a living thing. Yeah, um, maybe it's right, but I think that that. That is pretty consistent amongst amongst people, just just at varying okay. levels. Uh, and also, one of them, uh, the, what's it called? Para, 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 paradoilia? something like that. Seeing faces in stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you can't help but do that, can no. you? I, I mean, that, we're, just, we're, we're all, that's I mean, our pattern recognition. At work, yeah, isn't again, it? yeah, just constantly looking for something where there isn't anything. Yeah, and seeing, yeah, a face. Well, actually, it's like the Turin shroud. Jesus, you know, it's always Jesus, actually, isn't it? Weirdly, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> on the tortilla, on the or, or, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's always it's quite it's sort of weirdly gratifying as well. Yeah, I don't mind it. Stuff. Yeah, but also sort of mad. Yeah, like, what are we doing? But there's <laughs> like, great ones like where you, there's kangaroos in bits of wood and stuff like that, isn't there? Have yeah. you seen those? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I love them. Yeah, I mean, is any other animal doing that? I, I oh, would, that's a good question. I would assume not. It feels like quite weirdly. No, but I want to do that experiment now. How? How? You just want to show. I don't try. Like, I, I don't trust you to run this experiment in a way that I'm it just going to get a bunch of chimps, show them kangaroos in wood, and see what they do. Yeah, I don't think you get it. Well, if the chimp thinks he can get some food or affection out of you, <laughs> or do whatever you like. <laughs> basically the conclusion. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the question: In the age of science, why do people still believe in ghosts? Professor Chris French. There's no evidence at all that these beliefs are ever, ever going to go away. And to be honest, they do actually often serve useful psychological functions for people. And so, you know, we may ask the question, well, even if these beliefs aren't true, 
is it a good thing to try and get rid of them altogether? To take a very, very obvious example, personally, as an atheist, I don't believe in life after death. But for many people who do, it does provide great comfort. Would I want to take that comfort away from somebody who's just lost a loved one? Well, no, I wouldn't, to be honest. So these beliefs, I think they're going to be with us for as long as there are human beings on the planet. That's where I see the future of these things going. There's also all the kind of weird experiences that people genuinely do have. We're not, we're often not denying the experience. We're saying, well, this, what's the proper interpretation of that experience? They will carry on happening. Because again, it's part of the way that our brains are wired and how we interact with the world around us. So effectively, ghosts are here to stay. Yeah, well, good. I, I don't mind it. You know, and I'm not one of these well, people. Well, what's to mind? No, really. <laughs> like, uh, a, they don't exist. <laughs> B, knock yourselves out. Yeah, no, and I, I, you know, I'm not the kind of person who would say, you know, everybody has to think like I do, and say, you know, I'm not going to turn up at a funeral and overhear somebody saying, "Oh, they're, they're in a better place now." I say, "Well, actually, I, you know, they're, they're, no, they're nowhere. They're, they're they, don't, they don't exist anymore." Yeah. I mean, what used you know, to be who wants to be that person? <laughs> so, yeah, not me. So, yeah, it's it's sort of fine. And it's interesting human psychology, isn't it? And sometimes I think you do have to respect the evolution of the brain. And this is how we've evolved. And that, therefore, you know, it has these sort of side effects. Yeah. And, and just embrace them. And and they've helped. Yeah. Like yeah. The, 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 the way that the brain has ended up has allowed us to survive and thrive. Yeah. And part of it is essentially being a, yeah, spotting patterns that aren't there. Yeah as a kind of protective measure and giving meaning to things that don't necessarily have any any meaning and being a bit, I suppose, being a bit of a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> just, think, just thinking that everything is danger. Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's a side effect of human creativity, which has made us the yeah. species we are and, and given us the world we live in and all the tech and all the art and everything else that, that we enjoy. So you just kind of got to accept, okay, that's just a spin-off of, the, of that kind of stuff. And, you know, if Hilary Mantel grew up with ghosts, which uh, her memoir was called Giving Up the Ghost. And it was uh, it was about like her childhood where she was just surrounded by ghosts that she interacted with and like stocked the fridge for and stuff like this. It's coming back to me now. Uh-huh. And she, um, you know, and, and she produced great works of fiction I, I love her books and yeah. and it's sort of like okay well you know you can't have one without the other maybe yeah I mean we're never producing a great work of fiction <laughs> no. are we let's be honest <laughs> that's what my agent told me anyway I've now given some thoughts how you might haunt me I think you're just whispering about quantum entanglement to me in the middle of the night <laughs> and I'm hating it <laughs> are you though are you hating it or are yes, you like yes. no oh, yes, it's, it's comforting to have Brooksy still with me I don't know I don't know about that <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards the production team is Temi Adebayo Katie Baxter Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound designed by Katie Baxter special thanks to today's expert Professor Chris French If you like the show, which let's face it, you did, please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. You can also find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. Thanks very much. Eureka is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.